0: Hey everybody! You know how sometimes you have breakfast for dinner? Well, tonight we're having Wednesday night on Tuesday night because this is your Wednesday <laughs> night live stream team. My name's Ray, but I'm not the important one. The important one, important ones are Rod Babers, lifetime Longhorn right there, great DB for the Horns back in the day. Now an uh, Austin, awesome, awesome Austin, a media personality for a long time, and Justin Wells has given up the props to Rod as well, but. Justin's my main man over at IT. I've been uh, reading his stuff for a long time, and he always has some uh, great uh, insights on the Longhorn football program and recruiting. And so we're here on a Tuesday night with the Longhorn live stream on on Texas football, a product of uh, Inside Texas. Bobby Burton's got an amazing thing going here. About 25,000 folks have subscribed so far. And if you haven't done so, please do so tonight. Also, give us a like. Send us some super chats our way as well, and that way that'll move your question up to the top of the list, but let's get started. Justin Wells has been a madman over at IT in the last few days, giving us some uh, (laughs) updates on recruits, some that have been recruited by other teams and have committed elsewhere but have apparently decommitted. And, uh, hey, Justin, I'll shut up and let you fill us in on the details on some of that uh, recruiting news.
1: Uh, that salute, by the way, was brought to you by Rob Merrifield, one of my good buddies. Big fan of Inside Texas, big fan of of all of us, and, and he had it sent me something about the salute uh, in a, in a message about For what me. it meant and like the history of it. And man, I'm a dish of love. and so I absolutely loved it. I appreciated it. And, and Rob is he's on my list. He's one of those good guys. He's on the list. Yeah, Rob's a good uh, one of good ones. Um. Just quick, real quick, in the last few hours, there's been some movement on the recruiting front, mainly coming out of College Station. Uh, don't be surprised if you see an exodus of some of that class of 2024. Uh, Draylon Miller, five-star athlete out of, out of Silsby. he dropped. He decommitted about an hour ago before we went on the air. Uh, no, Texas, we've had a few questions on the side asking about Draylon Miller and the chance for Texas. Uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, Texas never really got in that recruitment at all. Um, he's, an, an, he's an incredible athlete. He's actually a really good basketball player, too. He's a great athlete, uh, but, but Texas just didn't see a role for him, and so they haven't really recruited him. I If I had to guess, I'd say LSU is probably going to be the spot that he, that he uh, flips to. And then with Ryan Wingo kind of trending Missouri now, because that's definitely the case uh, via Luther Burden's insane season, um, somebody asked about Jordan Anderson, the wide receiver Oregon commit, out of uh, Newport Beach, out in California, Jordan had reached out to the Texas staff a few times over the last few de- over the last few weeks. But from my talking to sources, uh, Texas is interested, but they're not really pushing. They kind of got their eyes on a few other guys, namely, you know, Still Wingo. They like the new kid out of Florida, uh, committed to Florida, Isaac. Uh, Williams who's actually from San Antonio so he's got a little bit of Lone Star State in his veins and so I think that's a guy that you can identify and don't be surprised to see possibly another one or two 2024 wide receiver offers come out over the next week or so I think the staff is reevaluating that 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 chart because you had Micah Hudson at the top and he's going to tech and that's probably not going to change, and then you have Ryan Wingo right there. And like I said, Texas was was, was in the, the greatest spot possible when he left after his visit uh, for the Kansas game, I believe, in late September. Uh, but proximity, home cooking, and Luther Burden have put Missouri in the lead in in that race. Just assure you, Chris Jackson, Texas wide receiver coach, was actually in Kansas City for his game on Friday. They are not letting up. That's a family recruitment as well. Got to, I catch up with his dad. Ronnie on, on a regular basis. That's a really good group of, of people. And so that is from the questions I see on here. I see Jojo Stone. He recently, de- today, he decommitted wide receiver from LSU. By the way, there should be a d- disclaimer. This is decommit season. We're here. <laughs> you know, you know some, some, sometimes girls think it's nice season or it's, it's hey, it's mid- middle October, so we should start selling Christmas decoration season. Uh, It's decommit season. This is where you're about to see all those guys that jumped into spots early in their recruitment start to reevaluate their their process. And here's two sides to that. Not every decommitment is the kid. Half of them are the kid deciding, I don't want to go to that school. The other half are the coaches from that school he's committed to saying, you know what? It would be in your best interest if you could possibly find another spot. It would help a lot. That's the two sides of a decommitment that you rarely see. JoJo Stone in Texas, they talked a little bit back in the spring, uh, but there hasn't been a whole lot there from, from the receiver from Georgia, and I don't know if, if they're going to re-engage that or not. That's something we will definitely check on. But right now, I think Texas has a handful of guys they've really identified, and JoJo Stone, I'm not sure if he pops up on there. Um, and that's the recruiting wrap-up that from the questions everybody
0: had answered in the first 10 minutes there Dang. you go hey we got some uh, familiar names on here william knees she's always uh, on here with us e kim rob you've mentioned rob Emfeld. uh that's uh a guy who's always in here daniel kenneman we got some names on here that they're very familiar to us and we're always uh, very grateful that where's you, ut boy where's my guy God. ut boy where's ut they, boy yeah we him. need uh that guy here uh he's uh, always <laughs> uh, part of the the crew here. When he We're found out, for that.
1: when he found out that my son facetimes with with Jante, he thought that uh-huh. was because you know he's the biggest oh, Jante cool. Cook fan in the world. Yeah, yeah. And my son met Jante met a couple of years ago when he was in high school at camp. I would take him to these camps, seven on seven stuff, camp stuff like that. And Jante like made an effort. And so am I. Now that my son and him they'll facetime from you know every <laughs> once in a while. UT boy was on cloud nine when he heard that because john is not just a great player on the field he is an even better dude off the field oh good good to know that
2: yeah. I, think hey, rod, saw, UT boy. I think we i'm gonna i think we met you. ut boy at the oklahoma uh oh, live broadcast i i didn't wow. meet him personally but on the live stream i think he was out there hey now okay Shout hey out.
0: rod we're gonna play the houston cougars coming up houston Let's was involved in an incredible finish with west virginia the other day uh Colorado State, uh, Boise State was another one. There was a, a few of them that were ridiculous finishes. Uh, is college football just the best thing? Let me get – you're an enthusiastic guy. Just from the heart before we get into some of the, the deeper issues, I want to hear what Rod Babers, the man who's always enthusiastic, has to say about the state of a college football in 2023.
2: Uh, man, college football is in a – I think it's in a great – it's in a great state right now, First, especially, you know, for – for the fans, I mean you're starting to see a lot of change in college football, but I personally think it's gonna end up with a better product overall. I think you'll see better matchups. That's why you got some of these big time brands going to big time conferences. I mean, go look at some of those 2024 schedules and 2025 schedules for teams like Michigan and Florida. It's gonna be it really is gonna be marquee games, all right, all throughout these schedules when you have uh you have these conferences. That are now super conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten. So I'm kind of with that. I know some people don't like the old traditions dying, but uh, I think you're actually going to get more and more marquee matchups. But I will say the, the games over the weekend, that – first of all, that Colorado 29-point lead that they yeah, had, right. that they end up having the collapse. That probably – and I didn't even get a chance to watch all of it. I wanted to watch it. My wife was up breastfeeding. I was mad at her. I did. She was <laughs> up breastfeeding, and she said she watched the whole thing. She was like, it was amazing. Wow. And I was like, "Babe, why didn't you wake me up?" She was like, "I thought you need to sleep." I'm like, "I've been waking up every every two hours anyway, and you let me sleep through one of the best college football games of the season. You could just wake me up. I would appreciate that, but she didn't. She let me sleep. So I got a, my wife is amazing. Uh, but she watched it and told me all about it, gave me the details. Uh, I know it didn't, it's not a good look for Dion, but dude, that was that was an amazing game. And it was I got it, I got to figure out the wide receiver for uh, Stanford. That was 13. one guy. You remember yeah. his name?
0: Ayo Manor, something like that. Yes,
2: he had a. I can't. I am Manor, Ayo Manor. I I I don't want to disrespect the man. He was, he he was receiver. Oh, he had and one of the greatest games in the history of college football for one. Three hundred yards in the had, second half. He they he had nothing stopped.
0: in the first half. Nothing <laughs> in the first half. All <laughs> Not in the one end. catch.
2: Zero. <laughs> that was amazing. My wife kept <laughs> telling me like, "Oh, she's like, and he gotta gotta it on Travis Hunter."
0: Business.
2: Yes, they put Travis Hunter on. Yes. He
1: down on the draft you know, I need, I need, I need the media to stop telling me Travis Hunter can play 120 plays a game and be just fine. I, I'm not hearing that. I don't care how yeah. athletic he is or how much stamina he has. You don't go 100, 120 plays a game regularly in the college football level. It caught up to him, especially in that second half. And I love yeah. Travis Hunter. Might be the most dynamic player in college football. Nobody. Is built to go hundred plus plays Saturday after Saturday. Nobody.
2: Hey, hey, hey real quick, another note on that before we move on because we got to talk Oregon Washington. So we're talking about college football overall right now. Oh, yeah. Um, no. man, I, I would if I was dealing I would just choose game to game. Where do you need him most? You need to play corner that game or you need to play wide receiver that game. That's a way to showcase them without wearing them out. And then Justin, situationally, hey, we got a big time drive here you know, big-time drive offensively or defensively, hey, Travis, we need you out there on this drive. Nice. But I'm with you. Playing both like ways. Like high school. On. Yes, exactly. I, every great athlete, I did that in high school, and I'm not even, I wasn't even that great. <laughs> you know what I mean? You do that situationally, you can use me on the other side of the ball. So I'm with you on that, no doubt. Um, yeah. Okay, but real quick, the best game, of course, was Oregon-Washington. I thought Oregon still, kind of like Texas in the Texas-Oklahoma game, they may have the better overall team and maybe the better well-rounded, well-constructed roster. But Washington, they just found a way to win that game and that Washington offense. Guys, that that Washington offense is nasty. It's legit. They got the best deep ball, probably the best deep ball come, uh, accuracy in any of any quarterback I've ever seen yeah, for Michael Kennedy. Really
0: yeah. He's
2: fantastic. Hey,
0: well,
1: then and Rod, can we you believe him at the end of the that Texas Tech did not want Jalen Polk? Jalen Polk wow. was at Texas Tech, and they didn't, they
2: didn't want him. So, they sent him Man. to the portal. Wow. He's going to play on Sundays for six to seven years. I didn't know that. That's a great nugget.
0: Hey, Matthew, Rodrigo Ruiz had a question real quick for Justin about recruiting for a Tiger Riding, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, the kid from DeSoto. The running back, uh, is he a legitimate uh w- a take for Texas? I know that uh, um, I, I know that we have uh, the youngster who was at Connolly and then went up to DeSoto and played running back and is with us, uh, Trey Wisner. Uh, you know, he and Jonte would know that Tiger pretty well. Uh, what about Tiger? Do you think that uh, he's somebody that uh, Coach Chase wants?
1: Uh, yes, t- yes. Co- Coach Choice is definitely in on, on DeAndre course, yeah. Tiger-ridden. He kind of burst on the scene l- last year. He's so good that they forced Wisner, who was a four-star running back, to play slot receiver so that they get riding on the field. He was that in-between the tackles. He made, it, made him break out in the, in the state championship for DeSoto. He's a great kid. He's got Oklahoma, Michigan, Notre Dame, Texas A&M's pushing. Texas likes him. They like him a lot he's being put he's, he's actually i think he visited a couple weeks ago as a matter of fact or no he was at the the red river shootout in, in dallas uh, two weeks ago but harlem berry and jordan davison are 1a and 1b on that big chart everyone else is in the next tier which i believe tiger would be near the top of that next tier but i think the 2025 class starts and stops with harlem berry and jordan davison
2: Right, Harlem Barry's he's he's different man I uh thanks my man Jerry 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 gets to send me all these uh great prospects to watch uh Harlem Barry it, it, it's weird there's some with some running backs you, you would want them to kind of you know not give up on a play but run and be smart about their running not try to you know lose yards he's he, he reminds me of almost Barry Sanders you know Barry Sanders actually and I'm not he saying he's all the time He's not Barry Sanders. He's not. I'm just saying from this aspect, Barry Sanders also is the all-time no, no. leader, I think, in the NFL in lost yardage. Yeah. <laughs> because he he a play was never over. A play was never dead with Barry Sanders. You, you think you had him and then you're like, oh, damn, he broke out of that and we had four guys on him. You, you had to get him on the ground to the ground and almost had to pin him to the ground for a few seconds before you knew the play was dead and hear the whistle. That's Harlan Barry. Like the play is never dead with him, dude. You see, you see, he's like, oh man, he's got four. That's five on one. Ain't no way he's gonna get out of that. find a way to, to get out of it. He's one of them dudes. It's crazy watching this film. Go back and watch it. I would. It, it's entertaining uh, film to watch for anybody.
0: And I really appreciate Kevin Durant joining. One of my the- favorite. Barry Sanders is my favorite. Yeah, Barry you was got- pretty good. Oh but KD35, Durant? I am the best. We're we're very lucky to have Kevin yeah. Durant on the very um 10% certain that is KD35 there. So we appreciate you Need that. some shoes. All right. So UT boy did show up. He's uh giving us some hookums here, but uh let's go back to Poke Casino, Matthew. He's uh I'm well he uh poke casino sounds like a place. Don't know he, she, what. Uh, but uh, there's super chat. Thank you. Uh, Hook them all day, every day, uh, predicting some stats versus the Houston Cougars offense over 500 yards, seven touchdowns. I guess that's total uh, defense with two turnovers and holds uh, Houston to under 20 points. And the freshman Anthony Hill gets uh, two sacks. So uh, anybody want to weigh in on uh, Pokes predictions right there, maybe Pokes headed to the casino and putting down some wagers. Who knows?
2: I'll go first. Um, Basically, you could make the argument this is the best offense in the Big 12, even though statistically I'm sure you can make the argument it's Oklahoma, something like that. But I'm saying you could make the argument it's the best offense in the Big 12, uh, weapon-wise, looking at all the, the array of weapons that Texas has, versus the worst defense statistically in the Big 12. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just go down the list here. Scoring defense, uh, <laughs> Houston's 107. A pass defense, 117th. Rush defense, 99th. Red zone D, 79th, touchdown percentage defense in the red zone, 126th, 117th in total defense, 106th in 10-plus uh, yard plays allowed, 90th in 20-plus yard plays allowed, 123rd in third-down defense, 133rd in fourth-down defense. Guys, you're not going to play a defense that's worse than Houston's defense. It is bad. So I'm not being cocky or arrogant, but this game is going to either be a shootout or a blowout and U of H is hoping it's a shootout because that's the only way they're going to be able to stay with Texas pretty much in my opinion. You
0: got uh Holgerson who's uh, certainly uh, familiar with uh playing Texas. And uh I know we're favored by quite a bit of what, three touchdowns, something along those lines. And we, sh- we should win the game. Uh, But I've, I've seen Holgo beat us and I've seen that uh, the big youngster, Donovan Smith beat us. So I'm i uh, I'm not becoming Bobby Burton and, the king of uh, negativity there and predicting a three-point loss, anything like that. But uh, I just don't want to uh, – I'm not playing, so it's not on me. But uh, let's just hope that we uh, have been preparing properly. Just for all instances, we just saw a bunch of weird crap happen uh, last weekend, right? Yeah. So, uh, let's uh, – That's just
2: that's just one phase of the game, though. That's just one phase of the game. There's still two other phases, right? So in offense, actually, they're pretty damn good offensively. Yeah. Special teams-wise – they're pretty damn good. I'm just talking about defensively. Oh, sure. I what Poe Casino was talking about, the 500-plus yards. Texas could easily do that. By the way, they've done that and not cashed in in the red zone. So they can get full 500 yards. Those are empty yards if you don't cash in and get touchdowns in the red zone. And right now, touchdown percentage in the red zone, Texas is 123rd in the country. So, yeah. I mean, it's – so I'm not – Something's got to
1: bend. Yeah, Exactly. Hey. And the D and Dana does not stand for defense. They run a, a version. They run a version of the Oklahoma State stuff that Gundy ran, runs, and and it's not conducive to complementary football with your defense. I don't know if D, if Dana cares about defense. It's kind of that Art Briles mentality. Hey, there's only one phase of the game, and that's offense. And unfortunately, Houston's defense is suffering because of that.
0: Hey, Justin, I know that you keep track of things, and I don't know if you know any updates or can share what you do happen to know. Anything on Jake Majors, anything along those lines? Uh, any other injury updates you might be able to share?
1: Uh, yeah, just a couple. Um, Jake Majors is, is coming along. Um, not sure if he's going to play against Houston. Um, he's been out of the boot for about a week. Uh, I think they're trying to kind of bring him along slowly. Uh, if they can play, if Cole Hudson can be ready uh, on Saturday, I could see him getting the start at center. He actually had been penciled in at center for well over a year. He got some run at it this summer. I know they wanted to do some of it in the spring, but he was uh, rehabbing his shoulder. Uh, and so for me, I think majors is, is definitely in the mix. Uh, if he can go out, he will, but I'm not sure if he's going to be this week or necessarily next week he's come along and, and if he can't, I could see Cole Hutchison sliding in there and, and taking that those reps.
0: Okay, and we have one comment claiming uh majors practice, so that would be good news. Let's hope so. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean he'd be ready to play. Yeah, he's he's been play at practice game. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. He's been at practice. That's that's good. somebody reported last um, week
1: from some site, I don't know who it was, that he was out six to eight weeks. And it's like, yeah,
0: no, he's not. <laughs> Matthew, you got anything special there you'd like to throw at us, get kind of the conversation uh, keeping going here? But, again, you're watching the uh, Longhorn live stream. Uh, Again, Ray, uh, Rod, and Justin. Uh, Derek has a comment. And uh, Colin Simmons, uh, of course, our edge uh, prospect who was committed to us and uh, apparently headed to Baton Rouge for a visit. I see Justin shaking his head. What do you know about Justin Simmons potentially uh, visiting uh, LSU and should there be reason for concern? You
1: remember he was going to go watch the the grambling game anyway. Uh, that was something that he had kind of identified a game he wanted to watch. But I, there may not be a more committed player to the class of 2024 at Texas than Colin Simmons. Right now, I, I don't see any, harm, any anything to worry just because he's recruiting behind the scenes more than anybody sees or knows. It, it's not written about much. It's not talked about much. But Colin Simmons is – probably the bell cow of this 24 class. And um, if he goes to LSU, I wouldn't be surprised. Death Valley is an experience. You've got to go to one of those games down there. It is nuts. They're crazy for a reason. That's why people like to go. It's why they have such a crazy, great fan base. Um But I wouldn't worry about it right now. I think Colin is locked in. Uh, The fact that he reaches out to other guys on such a regular basis about, hey, this is Texas. Hey, this is where you need to be. Hey, this is where you're going to go. And as long as Texas continues to kind of do what they've been doing on the field, I don't see any worries there. I think Mama's really happy with this decision. And Little Brother's a couple hours away. And I think that matters more than anything.
0: Hey, uh, Matthew Shake and Bake back at 723 uh, was asking something about the freshmen and their involvement uh, so far this year. If you could pick up a Shake and Bake from 723, uh, we can throw that up there and get some perspectives from uh, Rod and Justin. So um, so we, we saw freshmen. Clearly, you're going to see more freshmen earlier in the year when you're non-conference play. And then when things get a little tougher, perhaps um, – Maybe you won't see as much. I don't want to call it experimentation, but uh, getting the newbies out there and getting their feet wet. Um, I don't know if anybody can comment on the, the red shirt, the situation with anybody, but do we anticipate seeing uh, the continued involvement with the same freshmen, the Ant Hills, the Derek Williams and the like? Uh, what's, what's the uh, freshman situation? Justin, looks like you've got some thoughts.
1: If Rod if Rod's right about Houston's defense, and I'm, I'm telling you he is, um, you're going to see more freshmen. The only reason you didn't see as many freshmen last two weeks ago is because it was a close game, and you even saw a lot of freshmen in that close game. Let's not forget Anthony Hill, C.J. Baxter, uh, Malik Muhammad, Derek Williams. I mean, you can go down the list, but you need that you need that big lead, you need that fourth quarter cushion, so that you can kind of bring guys along. That's that's how you get more freshmen to play when you're blowing teams out, which Texas did the first four or five weeks of the season. So if, if you see them start to shoot out in Houston and they start pulling away, I think that's when you would see more freshmen. But don't be surprised as we get closer to the end of the year, and now we're entering the second half of the season, where it's like in basketball, the bench gets a little shorter. Mm-hmm. And that's just because you've got to make sure, you know, you're getting closer and closer. You don't want mistakes. There's so much more on the line. Long as Texas is blowing out, guys, you'll see more freshmen. Guys that have already burned their shirts are Derek Williams, Anthony Hill, C.J. Baxter, Manny Muhammad. Um, dang, I think there's one other one maybe that I'm not thinking of. But that's, I think – and Rod can comment too, but I think that's when you'll see more freshmen is like what we saw the first five weeks of the season when Texas builds out a pretty big lead. Yep.
2: I think Jontae guy- Cook is
1: actually about to burn his too. If he hasn't already. Uh,
2: okay, that's what I was going to say too because – um, There's a comment that Sark made after the Texas OU game that he thought Jonte Cook should have been out there more. That he uh, regrets not being able to find more opportunities for him. So those freshmen that just named toward the end there, the Malik Muhammad, the you know Anthony Hills, the you know Derek Williams, Jonte Cook, uh, those guys, CJ Baxter, another one of those guys. Um, I, I guarantee later. Toward as we get late, obviously, toward the end of the season here, and as we go to the second half of the season, you're going to see those guys get more reps, Um, especially on defense. I'm predicting. I think you're going to see more reps from a guy like Manny Muhammad and more reps from a guy like, uh, you know, Derek Williams. And I'm not saying that they're going to end up as the guy getting most of the reps, that could happen, but you're going to see them get more reps. There's no question about it. I think the coaches are ready for those guys to. Uh, take another step. I mean, hell, in the o- in the Oklahoma game, you're talking about late in the game, clutch situations. Um, You got Manny Muhammad in there and Derek Williams. Now, I know it's because of injury with Ryan Watts, but now, I mean, they're no longer freshmen. After that, if you're <laughs> if you're in the Texas Oklahoma game in a clutch critical situation with the game on the line, hey man, I'm, I'm gonna say at that point, you, I'm done referring to you as a freshman. <laughs> you got you got a lot right. of experience under your belt at that point.
0: Hey. A lot of Tyler, Texas activity on the thread tonight. And so uh, that's, that's my it's own. It's such town. a beautiful I mean, place,
1: Ray. You know,
0: I've I've been there, man. Grew up. So uh, <laughs> yeah, representing. Uh, hey, Justin, I wanted to have a uh, uh, nickname for our show, but I thought you probably would hate it, though. It'd be Rod in <laughs> the Rosebuds, but no, nah, that will, we won't do that.
1: <laughs> it would make
0: sense though, because you buy Rose me. City. Yeah, it who, who, oh, man.
1: To,
0: that
1: would make sense because no, I can't. Think. I was trying to think of who wrote that.
0: Oh, what? That's the thing you're know, talking about
1: the, from I, the movie. I wrote it.
0: Was it Orson Welles? Wow, Wells? wow. Orson. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Orson well, you Wells gave away the ending, you gave away the ending to uh Citizen Kane, you just spoiled Boy. it. Bro, that's by. the biggest spoiler of well, all time, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you ever seen
1: it by like now? Kelsey Grammer when, when, when he gave away everything at, at the end of the episode of, episode of Cheers, I'll give it away. Yeah, oh, at Midnight Express, <laughs> oh, yeah. it was everyone. And Darth Vader is Luke's father. So,
0: <laughs> oh man, I haven't even seen that one. I don't even. Oh, can't even watch that now. Uh, hey, <laughs> you, Kim's got a, a good question there, Justin. Let's get your evaluation of Houston versus Dallas. You're watching it in Major League Baseball right now. What do you think about the high school recruiting for 2025? You got a uh, favorite among the big metropolises in Texas?
1: You know, for the last four or five years, DFW has had the better grouping of talent, the better numbers of talent. And four or five years before that, it was Houston. I think it's Mm -hmm. cyclical. I think you're seeing for for every time Houston schools make a run, you got to look at the Galena Park North Shore. I mean, they are a power. Our program, and they have the number one corner in 2020, 2025, Devin Sanchez, who Texas needs some catching up on, um, it, it's starting to turn a little bit. You know, you're seeing some of those northern Houston schools in the Conroe, Humble area that are really coming on, Justin Williams, uh, Chad Wolfork out of Summer Creek. Uh, there, there's some serious talent in, in those areas that's coming up, and Dallas is still stacked, though. So it's one of those things where we usually figure out, at the state championship, who can be crowned, who's the big dog of of this season, you know, in in a certain area. But Houston's cycling back up. Give them a few more years, and I think they'll get back on level ground. But right now, DFW, it's just ridiculous. And listen, it's beautiful for Texas because all those DFW guys really like each other, and they're all recruiting each other. Ryan Watts recruited Terrence Brooks, who recruited Jonte Cook, who recruited Anthony Hill, who recruited Malik Muhammad, who recruited Colin Simmons. It all comes together, baby.
2: Yeah. I, I uh, Obviously, I'm, a, I'm an H-Town guy. I grew up in Houston. And we used to always have this debate on the team, right, uh, who had the most ballers, H-Town or Dallas. And H-Town won most of the time in Houston. I'm just going to tell you, on the Texas roster, it was – back in my day, it was H-Town. D. Wiles from H-Town, yeah. Casey Hampton, Sean Rogers. I mean, H-Town, was it? Quinn Jammer, me. We, H-Town, we would always talk down on Dallas. like, man – H-Town holding down UT football. It ain't down. Really, <laughs> I, I though, I will admit right now, it is DFW. My man Justice right about that. Uh, so me and Craig Wade, voice of the would have this discussion. We did a show together for like eight years, and we would debate all the time. And Craig at that time would say DFW has better football teams in terms of winning state titles. But he would admit that Houston might have had better talent, but he said it was really, really close, and DFW was close to having better talent than Houston, if not more. Now, DFW's got both. They got better teams, it seems like, (laughs) in terms of state titles, and they got better talent. I did did an exhaustive study because, you know, your boy's about the facts. And I looked at draft picks since 2020 in metro areas across the country. I only found one metro area since 2020 that produced more NFL draft picks than the DFW area. And it was the Atlanta metro area. That was it. Area wow. that, that I would have said areas. Miami. It, it, the DFW actually since 2020 has surpassed Miami. It's crazy. It's just Atlanta, that Atlanta area is a monster, man. And I guess it depends on Ooh. who you count. I looked at metros, but Atlanta, that is that explains why Georgia doing what they're doing, man. It's Atlanta's a beast. That's I was it. surprised. I didn't know Atlanta was going to be that big. I thought it would be DFW number one, but DFW's only two. Houston's still like in the top six or seven. Um, but yeah, Miami I think is number three behind, and, and since 2020, it, well, between that is probably you know, obviously Miami is always in the top five.
0: Hey, uh, Robert Muhammad, uh, we'll, we'll get to Robert in just a second, but Robert, I do see your super chat and I apologize. I should have gotten to it earlier, but I'll we'll catch up. But you have a really uh, actually an interesting question you've got. Let's see what uh, William. Uh, has asked here. So it's been speculated. Uh, William has read some speculation or heard it that uh, Coach Sarkeesian isn't really looking to blow out teams. However, with the mm-hmm. rankings coming out in two weeks for the college football playoffs, is it important for Texas to dominate their opponents on the scoreboard? So, uh, I love William's comments. I think he's probably a neighbor of mine. I think I've seen these from Belton. I, I live <laughs> up in this area as well. Um uh, but, um, Has anybody else heard Sark talk about something like this? I know coaches don't want to necessarily embarrass others, um, but let's just suppose that this is indeed a thing. Does running up, not necessarily running up the scores, just just whipping the pants off somebody pretty impressively, does that really matter much to the folks who uh, vote on these things and the way that the people make these decisions on who enters that final four?
2: Mm, I guess you're talking about is it a beauty contest, right? Because Texas like doesn't that. have many marquee Small matchups. Yeah, exactly. Right? Against ranked opponents. So they don't, and because the Big 12 is down, let's be honest, the Big 12 is down. Texas and Oklahoma are up, but the rest of the Big 12 is down. So does Texas need style points? I'm going to say right now they don't. I'm just going to say you got to take care of business and win out. Now, you don't want to be in fourth quarter, you know, uh, game-winning drive situations against, you know, uh, TCU and Iowa State. I mean, you don't want that to happen. And if it happens, great. But you just need to find a way to win because the way it's laid out, guys, where's Texas? Eight right now? Eight in the cold? Right. Yeah, and the Cops football playoff rankings, that'll come out and they'll be whatever they are in that. But all the rest of the teams ahead of them, are probably gonna have to play each other in some way, form or fashion, and get either knocked off or you know, or have to you know prove themselves and be an undefeated team. Which, by the way, it's actually pretty rare. It didn't happen a lot with it's undefeated teams. So the Pac-12 that's gonna cannibalize each other, or Washington's is gonna separate from the rest of the pack, but they'll still have to play somebody in the Pac-12 championship. Um, and then you at the ACC, which is looking like. Right now, Florida State, but then you got North Carolina. You have to play them potentially in the ACC title game. Uh, you got the Big Ten between Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Come on, man! They all gotta hit play each other. That's go, cool. they are gonna knock each other off to a certain extent. Texas has yep. gotta take care of business. And if oh, that's why—that's why I know people don't like it, but I root for Oklahoma right now. I know I, I know it's blasphemous. I get it, but I want them to be undefeated when Texas beats them in the Big Twelve title game because then that. That, that'll catapult you right into the gospel playoff if you continue to take care of business because they'll be ranked easily top four. They'll be right there in the mix. Yeah. And you'll probably be right the outside, but if you beat them, boom, you'll catapult yourself right into it. It'll be a de facto quarterfinal game. So I'm not really worried about blowing teams out in style points right now, just taking care of business. It would help. Listen, if you take care of your red zone offense, You'd be blowing teams out right now. Yeah, if you just, if you if you were if you weren't 123rd in touchdown percentage in the red zone, you'd be blowing, damn near every team out that you play. That's it. Fix that.
0: So I agree completely with what you said right there. The first college football playoff rankings are coming out two weeks from tonight. That's uh, Halloween. So that'll be the first round of those things. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. So here's the super chat from Robert. We really appreciate that. Again, we uh, love the super chats. It gives you an opportunity to get your uh, question uh, read uh, on the air. That's my old terminology of an old TV guy. So uh, it says who on the team is playing at a first team, all big 12 levels so far. What do you think?
1: I'll take offense if you want defense, Rod. All right. I'll take offense if, if you'll go D. You want to do that? Jonathan Brooks, first and foremost, highest graded player, according to Pro Football Focus, where we do our grades every Sunday at InsideTexas.com. Come see us. Hang out. Great community. You'll love us. Let us earn your buck. Um, I, Jonathan Brooks, is he was named, I think, midseason All-American today. He's number two or number three in, in, the, in D1 in, in rushing. Jonathan Brooks is playing at it. At a player, offensive player of the year level, right now, um, Christian Jones is playing right now the best of the offensive linemen. I'm not going to say the others have regressed, but they're they're all about the same. Calvin Banks has had some some dings, some some bumps and bruises. He hasn't been the same, but I think he might still get that benefit of the doubt since he does still doesn't give up sacks and he still barely has penalties. But Christian Jones, I think, is playing at all Big 12 level. He is the highest-graded pass blocker and rush blocker on the offensive line right now. Uh, Jatavian Sanders. I mean, yes. even, bit, even Hurt, he's still one of the top tight ends in the country, still going to be a final, probably a finalist for the John Mackey Award for the nation's best tight end. And then, you know, Quinn Ewers doesn't get – I don't think Quinn Ewers gets the, the – the, praise he deserves that guy's almost throwing he, he's at 69.6 percent. he's yep. almost at 70 completion percentage for the season um what 12 touchdowns to three interceptions you know and those three came in the last two games and then he scored five touchdowns on the ground and so but a lot of times the quarterback all big 12 quarterback is generally going to be the quarterback that, that, that wins the conference so I think they may slide that to Dylan Gabriel, if that were the case at the time. But from the offensive standpoint, that's that's kind of what I see right now. Xavier Worthy, he's on there. Uh, I would put Adonai Mitchell, but one of those are going to cross the other one out because there's some other receivers that are playing really well in the conference. Mitchell has more touchdowns. Worthy has more catches, more yards. And I think since Worthy's the elder statesman, he would get the nod. So I'd go Worthy, JTS, Christian Jones, Quinn Ewers, and Jonathan Brooks on offense. Defensive time for you, my man.
2: Yeah, no, JT. Yeah, I I love that, Justin. You just killed it. Um, Because I'm with you on JT. JT's got a chance actually to win the Mackie now because Brock Bowers, unfortunately, just got hurt. Oh man, out there, got a chance to win the Mackie. Has Texas ever had a Mackie Award winner, Justin? Have we? We haven't had a Mackie Award winner at UT, right? I don't think so. I can't. I don't don't even think think David David Thomas was a finalist. finalist. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Right? So I don't know, Michael Finley.
1: Michael Finley was a better pro than he was college player from a production standpoint. So probably not there. And then yeah. you got to look back to the late 80s, uh, early nineties, John uh, Pat Fitzgerald.
2: Uh, I don't know, man. Not. JT might be the I got, first. I never researched it. But I, I don't even I don't know when the, my, the Mackey got started. I got to go check that out and all that kind of stuff, but he's got a chance because Brock Bowers is out. Unfortunately, and he's a great player. Um, but JT was considered the best, the second best tight end in the country. Anyway getting to the defense. I'll start with the D-line. Let's start with Sweat. That's easy, right? Devontae Sweat, <laughs> pro football focus prior to the Oklahoma game, had him as one of their top two highest graded defensive tackles.
1: He's number one. Oh, that, he had a 91.1 score this first <laughs> half of the season.
2: Okay, there you go. Boom. All right. So Sweat is easy. Um, Just like Justin mentioned with the wide receivers, I think Byron Murphy may get slighted. I'm not sure how that's going to work. It's hard to give two Texas D linemen the love on that on that uh, all first team, all-Big 12 team. I'm not sure how many make it. I'm sure four. And uh, two D tackles from the same team, they might not want to do that. They probably both deserve first team, though, because Byron Murphy is legit, too. They, they might not give it to both, But Sweat is definitely it. He's number one. Um, maybe Byron Murphy, like I said, two on the same, from the same team on the same first team all conference, maybe tough, uh, Jalen Ford. I know he's coming off his worst game. He's played my second worst game in the last two years. Um, and, and he hasn't played a lot of bad games, but he had an off game versus Oklahoma. I, unless there's an injury that we don't know about. I think he'll bounce back from that. We, this guy, that's an outlier. I and mean, We just don't see Jalen Ford have off games. And he had an off game, trust me, from a guy who had off games. Um, I, I still think he's a first team on Big 12 defender. No question. Uh, jude Barron. Now, Jade Barron, I, 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 you know, he hadn't had as many splash plays as of late. But, man, if you watch film, which I'm hoping the coaches do, yeah. you know, probably last year he had a shot at it, uh, Justin, but they didn't give it to him. I think he's a guy that I'd, I'd put there just from watching the film. I, I'd want some more splash plays so we can guarantee it. But, dude, he's he's definitely one of the best defenders. Defensive backs in all the Big 12. Um, I'll also Terrence Brooks 11 got a tackles
1: shot. against OU.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. That's a good point. glad you broke that Yeah. Um, I, Terrence Brooks has got a shot, man. He was he was having a really good year. Um, the Oklahoma game, he probably had, you know, an off game here or there on some plays. Um, I still think he's got a shot second half of the year to close strong. I think Terrence Brooks can be one of those guys too. Um Man, I'm trying to think who else that might be it for me actually. If there's a first team all Big 12, that might be am I missing somebody, Justin?
1: No, got? because I think the safeties have made plays, but they're not set, you know. But it's there's they're they're playing good, but we talked about yeah. first team, and there's only yeah. a few yeah. spots there. Corner Ryan Watts was playing great till he got hurt, yeah. and so that yeah. one kind of takes away from it. Um I think. Like, I agree with you. Byron Murphy kind of cancels out maybe an Alfred Collins or about, you know, can't, or they only go with a Devondre sweat in that regard. And then Jalen Ford, you're not going to be crucified for one bad game, the sins of one bad, bad game when you've had a tremendous last two years. Uh, I think tempo actually caught up to him a little bit, but they'll get that fixed. But you still have to mention him. he still had eight tackles in that game, very quiet. But I think that's probably on defense as well as they played. Now, I like to see Anthony Hill as maybe a newcomer, of the defensive newcomer of the year. His snaps right. increased each game, which right. I think he he maxed out at forty one against Oklahoma. So I think in the second half of the season, we may see a few more of these guys pop up or solidify their spot on that. But the first team only has a few places, and I think you nailed them, Rod.
0: Hey, uh, Matthew Shavan Patel, his a question. It's the first one on our starred list there. Let's go ahead and ask about Jamon Tab. So I know that uh, we keep hearing a lot about his natural ability. Um, I don't know if uh, Justin and Rod, if you have any behind the scenes information on Tab's development. Uh, Shavan asked, How's Jamon doing? He was on the field more at the beginning of the season, haven't seen him much in the last few games, and we need more pass rushers, which every football team needs. So <laughs> right, on yeah. The, on <laughs> what have we heard about his yeah. Uh, growth? Yeah, Anything? Tap-,
1: tap has got the twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- Tap has the twitch. He's the one that's got some some freakiness to him. He's a Louisiana cat. One of my favorite interviews ever during the recruiting process. He is he's fun guy. He's a good locker room guy. But Ethan Burke is ahead. But Baron Sorrell and those guys are are ahead. And and I think he's. Past Justice Finkley now to the point – because we've seen him be active, but I think it goes back to the right. freshman question. You start building a few bigger leads, you'll see a little bit more of some of the backups playing more on defense, and that's Jamon Tap. One thing you know about Tap when he's on the field, he's active. He may He is around the ball or around the quarterback, and to me I think that will earn maybe a little bit more P.T.
0: need to unmute there. I apologize, everybody. I'm playing a little hurt tonight, as I may have said uh, earlier, but I'm trying to hang in there and get the job done. Uh, I apologize to, to Shard Choice for calling him Coach Chase earlier. My brain's not working as quickly as it should be tonight, but I'm trying to catch up. Hey, Shake and Bake had a pretty uh, interesting comment. He's asking about X-Man, Xavier Worthy. Do you think he's uh, – no, first-round picks are – you know, there's only 32 of them. You can't. Uh, not everybody can be a first-round pick, but uh, Xavier's got some nice talent. I mean, he's kind of a slender guy. Uh, you do see some Devontae Smith qualities about him, but he ain't, you know, the Heisman winner yet. Uh, see a little bit of a head nod uh, in the negative direction for Justin. There. What's your uh, opinion on uh, Xavier Worthy, Justin?
1: I'll go real quick because I want to hear Rod's take. I think Xavier Worthy has a chance to play a good amount of years in the NFL. I do think he's still about 150 pounds, and that's the durability I think is going to be a big factor with him. Devontae Smith's got some length. Xavier Worthy's like barely six foot. And so his skill set fits in the NFL in this era – as well as any other era. 20 years ago, I don't know if he gets drafted this early. He may be a pump return or kick return specialist. But these days, they find the Tyreek Hill guys. They find you in space. They let you do your work. I don't think someone's going to invest a first-round pick second third fourth not going past the fourth i wouldn't think but maybe the second or third round he's going to run really well at the the combine he'll test pretty well he'll interview decently but i don't think he's a first round pick texas is going to have a couple this year but i don't think worthy will be one what do you think rod
2: yeah it's um you know first round picks are about upside um it's about the potential of a guy and you know usually with a guy like xavier worthy and, and justin just brought up a great point at the combine they'll expose a lot of his the flaws within his skill set, which would be how slight and slender he is. We actually don't know how much he weighs. I would love to know how much he weighs because I think he actually is lighter than Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith, if I actually have been heavier than Xavier Worthy, and that's saying a lot because we look at BM. I actually did a – and I'm shaking back, I'll have to share this with you, man. We'll have to dive into this again right around draft season because I did an exhaustive uh, deep dive about – receivers like xavier worthy whose body mass index is below a certain point and how many of those receivers are drafted in the first two rounds of the nfl draft i have it in my notes somewhere i have to go find it <laughs> right and i knew you and, would yes and i and i guys you know what one of my theories based on the research i've done like i said shaking bank i'll find it for you um is that basically sark's Um, weaponization of Devontae Smith, having him win the Heisman as a slight slender wide receiver changed the NFL's mind about those types of wide receivers. And even because Sark was so skilled at utilizing those guys who had that slender, slight build, that they essentially, Sark gave them an instruction manual on how to use these wide receivers because the NFL didn't know at first. And a lot of it is putting them on the move Putting them in a slot, putting them in bunch of formations and condensed sets, not allowing uh, DBs to get their hands on them. All right. Getting getting them a freer release off the line. Because once Xavier's into his route, he's great. But in the NFL, he's going to trouble getting into his right and playing through contact. Cause sometimes the NFL, you know, they they let they let them, you know, push and shove around back there to get footballs and them DBs. Trust me, yeah. I was fine. I, I met I went to the combine. This is a great story. This is what Xavier Woods got to deal with, right? I don't know what he's listed at on the uh, roster right now. I went to the combine and I was listed. Mac Brown had me listed. I believe. But it ain't right. Mac, I had he had me listed at five eleven, I believe, guys. And I went to the combine and they measured you. Do they take the the, shot, the socks yeah. off? You damn near butt naked. Now you got on to some tights, and they just measure you and they they, they push your head down. Like they want to get you as they want to as accurate as they can, and they had me at five, eight, and three-quarters. Five eight and three-quarters. My whole life, I thought I was at least five, nine, five, ten. I shrunk. That was like Seinfeld, significant
0: shrinkage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it cost me money. All right. So five eight three and three-quarters. He was in the, pool. When you went to the combine. They don't play. They don't play with the guys and what your weight was. No, no, they want to know exactly what it was. So if Xavier Worthy is 153 pounds or whatever the hell he might be, they will find out, and they will know exactly what it is. That's why Kyler Murray went through those stretching exercises before he went to the combine, and he grew like an inch and a half. Every inch matters at the combine, gentlemen. They will expose you. So I think for those reasons, it's actually probably more likely he'll be drafted outside of the first round because they'll find reasons not to draft Xavier Worthy.
0: Yeah, I, can I knew see that bring the knowledge, man. You know what? Yeah. As I probably not the only one on the stream, even, but I know that the fan base, we were incredibly disappointed with the way he finished last year. Yeah. So there was great disappointment with Xavier Worthy at the end of the season in the Alamo Bowl. But I, he's been great this year. You know, he's been terrific and he's had some productive games. And so I uh, really think that he's rebounded well because uh, he could have gone in a different direction. But I think that uh, Xavier's uh, really uh, hey, put yep. it uh, together. this year. It's a contract a year. year for Worthy. There you go. Well, <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that means something, right? It means that if he's got to do it. We all know that. The yeah. yeah. That's the NFL
2: hey, uh, mindset that's, right
0: there. Hey, Matthew, <laughs> let's do that uh, $1 for two month uh, graphic. Can we pop that one up? I think we're still doing that. And if not, then they'll just take it out of Justin Will's salary and pay for the difference. <laughs> But here it is yeah, Inside it Texas is the uh, associated <laughs> website. And if you go in there and you uh, look for the, uh, have to sign up for this uh, interesting website that I found on the internet called Inside Texas. Hmm, I like the burn orange background. They talk about Texas football. That interests me. So you go in there, you sign up, and you select the monthly offer. And you can actually get two full months for just $1 if you type in these letters O T F I T and the number 2 3 numbers two, three, O-T-F-I-T 23. And that way you'll get your two months for a dollar that'll carry you through the end of the regular season. And uh, you'll love it so much. You'll just keep signing up for uh, years and years to come and keep reading the great content provided by folks like our friend Justin Wells. So again, you're watching the Longhorn live stream on uh, YouTube or downloading it as a podcast. So that's why I've uh, learned, I'm I'm learning how to do this stuff and I want to read the questions there. So Everybody who listens to it back without the visual can uh, understand what we're talking about. My name's Ray Peters. I'm an old uh, sportscaster from back in the day, just kind of hopping on, trying to help out if I can with uh, Bobby Burton. He's got 35 different jobs, it seems, and so I'm just trying to help <laughs> out if I can. Uh, Rod Babers is a former uh, Longhorn DB. I uh, had a great career at Texas, uh, played in the league for a few. He's had an amazing career the last couple of decades in the, the Austin media market. And Justin Wells, of course, is a uh, Longhorn Insider and uh, recruiting a guru in the state of Texas and so uh, and national you know, this guy you know you know kids all over the place Ryan Wingo's not in Texas you know him pretty well so uh, we've got uh, you got you covered here we're usually the crew that handles uh, Wednesday night hey Justin you're headed to what uh, you're not going to be here tomorrow night what's going on man are you
1: no I'm going to be ready? on the road uh, I'll be on the road I've got a I've got somebody I'm watching you could call him a recruit yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm going to see. There's a five star out of Missouri City named Travis Scott, and so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go see him tomorrow night. That's that's why we. we that, but I'm so glad we switched everything so I could see you two guys today because I don't like doing this show without you two. It, I don't feel complete. And so I'm glad that we oh, did it. We, we, we arranged it a little bit. I know the fans are, are excited about it. The Rod most popular is, stream
0: on we, the Texas. We love Colorado his sincerity, Texas. don't we, Rod? Yeah. We love the sincerity. Hey, that's, that's, my the right there, that's my dog
2: right there, man. It's my dog. I hope is
0: somebody coming and uh, filling in for you tomorrow. I think, Rod, you're you're still signed up for tomorrow, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm
2: in, baby. I'm always there in. There you, I'm you in. Go.
0: Hopefully they throw somebody at us. I know that uh, Rod would be so uncomfortable having to sit here and talk with me for an hour. He'd be like, I no, can God, do that. Burton, <laughs> I'm quitting. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Daniel Kettiman had a comment about Baron Sorrell. So, uh, Baron, of course, had a pretty good year last year. And uh, he's not, Daniel's not quite as sure that number 88's been as, as good this year, maybe. He says, is he going to have to come back? Feels like he's underperformed for going into the draft early. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but let's get your take on uh, Baron's uh, 2023 campaign and
2: uh, what he has to do to be draft ready. I think he's on a good track. I didn't know that. Well, obviously, I guess the goal is always to ball out and leave early. But, you know, if that was his goal, then right. you know, obviously yeah. I don't know if that's where he is right now. Um, I'm sure he could leave. Um, I think as a guy, he has an NFL skill set. I think he's a guy that can end up on a roster. I don't know what the journey is there. I don't know if he's going to guys get drafted or a guy that goes undrafted free agent. I assumed that he was going to come back. Um, unless he had just a breakout campaign. He yeah. wasn't that breakout campaign yet. Everybody's trajectory, rate of development is a little bit different. Trust me as a guy. <laughs> I was a, I was a late bloomer in my time, so I'm not saying he's a late bloomer, but just to attest that everybody's got a different rate of development. I like Sorrell's game. I do. I, I My favorite play for him this year actually hadn't been a pressure or a sack. I think it's in a Kansas game when he runs with Devin Neal on the wheel route downfield as the dn he just recognizes the wheel and the past concept and runs with him and i think to myself how the heck? and he stride for stride by the way wasn't beat um <laughs> uh raised stride for stride with him just showed amazing athleticism i think he's on a good track um but if you're on the track if you're thinking you know oh man i, I thought i was gonna be in the nfl after my first three years and be done everybody's got to reconsider that i'm sure i i thought that would be the case for rod b too um, and you, know, uh, you always got, you got to reevaluate. That's all, it's all good. Yeah. That's that? great
0: perspective, Rod. Thank you for that. Because not everybody has to be, you know, and, 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 you know, and Barry may indeed end up in the league and have a, a great career right. doing that, or he could be yeah. uh sell real estate and become a millionaire doing that. I mean, that's yeah. the Tucker Dorsey's uh, killing it right now, doing something like that. There's no shame in, in not becoming, you know, uh, you know, uh, you Every- know, Everyone is developed
1: on a different level, yeah. different different, different spectrum. Everyone is developed differently. I don't think Baron Sorrell was ever looked at somebody to leave early. Mm. I don't think he's ready to leave early. I think he's the guy that has incrementally gotten better each season. He's actually yeah. had a solid year this year. Like with Rod, not so much at getting pressures. He's setting the edge. Yes, and to stop the run? That's yeah. numero uno. So he's doing his job, and I think he'll be coming back next year for a fantastic senior season. Agree. Yeah,
0: I agree. That's a good point. And Daniel threw us five bucks, too, and this is for Justin's uh, Starbucks fund. So just <laughs> a Starbucks for the road. I need it. Uh, now, you, you mentioned something about College Station a second ago. Uh, Lubbock, I don't know if you heard anything from uh, Joey up there um yeah michael hudson i don't know that's that ship sailed hasn't it even with what's going on or should i not jump to conclusion so again daniel no. asks, uh trouble contestation slash love it is it going to help with Micah hudson what do you think justin
1: yeah you named it i mean you nailed it ray um th- this ship is probably sailed uh i mean it would basically i think a&m and tech would have to probably burn down before Micah hudson wow. would come <laughs> into texas Um, you know, Mike is a really good kid and he's got a really good head on his shoulders and he is a phenomenal athlete and just a tremendous competitor. But for whatever reason, I think he likes the smaller town atmosphere. He's from Belton that, you know, central Texas little area, you know, Austin. Sometimes we talked about this on previous shows. Sometimes with Mm -hmm. Austin, they, the city, the the, the city, the Metroplex kids, they like that because they're used to it. I don't think Mike is into that. I think he likes the smaller town college atmosphere. And he's going – doesn't matter what happens at Tech. He's going to sign with, with Texas Tech. And it's not just because Joey McGuire is doing a good job building that roster. Brian Nance was the key to that recruitment, and he's known him since eighth grade when Brian was a, a coach at Baylor. So that's relationship carried over because Brian's now at, in Lubbock. That relationship carried over, and I think Texas Tech threw every single thing, including the kitchen sink, at him, and and they got him. And so, yeah, there's trouble in College Station, and Joey McGuire and Tech is looking terrible. But yeah. I, I, Micah Hudson's an individualist; he ain't a follower. He had his mind made up pretty well far a while back, and I think Ray's right. That ship has probably sailed.
0: And you got you and Jerry always look for just the obvious signs the, the guy's dad went to Tech. I mean that's
1: okay, that that's true, but that's been used a lot. Yeah. But after talking to him and his mother and some other people coaching staff, I don't even know if that mattered. Because I don't know how much I don't want to go into details, but I don't know how much they're involved.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And
1: so it felt like that got blown out of proportion. That's not why I'm pretty sure that's not why you picked tech. You picked tech because of the coaches and the relationship relationships these guys have been working on him for three and a half years and and mike is a relationship guy so the whole the selling point with his father going there i i don't actually think that makes i don't think that matters at all to be honest i could be wrong but you talk to those you talk to his family you talk to the coaches the father doesn't get mentioned
0: Hmm. Hmm. interesting tell me about the houston cougars we got those guys coming up on saturday who's rod you've been studying those guys at all what what should be look for come Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. in uh, Houston?
2: Yeah, I'm actually not worried about the offense versus the uh, Houston defense. We just went through how abysmal they are in so many Mm -hmm. statistical categories defensively. I think you're just worried about whether the Texas offense can solve their biggest issue, which is red zone uh, offense. Can they score touchdowns in the red zone? But I, I am really interested to watch the Texas defense up against the U of H offense. They actually do have some weapons, guys. I like their wide receiving core. Justin, you probably know a lot of these prospects uh, just from Matthew Golden will yes. play on Sundays. Like Matthew Golden, he's a speed. Texas player. took Brennan run. Thompson,
1: yes. and Matthew Golden would have just slid right in and was, would be playing in the rotation today. But they decided to take, which I get it. Brennan Thompson, 10-2, even though he'd never played wide receiver a day in his life, and he still doesn't understand how to play wide receiver a day in his life. That was, <laughs> man, he's right. Houston's got right. some guys. Holgerson's got some, some guys that can make plays. Tank right. Dell is gone, but they, they, they stocked the cover.
2: Any man jack a transfer. Uh yeah, Hunter Manjack. Jack, uh, who's a good uh, player. Sam Brown, uh, also another good player. They Holgerson got always
1: finds those guys. Yes. Just like so, at, at West Virginia, the Kevin White, the Kassier White, the, the, the quarterback kid, the big kid that David Seals. Um, you know, Holgerson's good about finding fits. Receiver, yes. I think that's why everywhere he goes, the offense comes with him.
2: That's that's kind of why you know that that would be a good test for the Texas DBs. Sark mentioned multiple times, guys, this week about tackling in space. I think he's talking about those defensive backs who miss a lot of tackles in that Oklahoma game, especially in crucial situations. Two minute drill at the end of the first half, two minute drill at the end of the game, and that Texas wasn't at their best, right? Gave up some coverage busts. Uh, at the end of the game in those two-minute situations, you also had uh, multiple breakdowns in terms of your front and gap integrity. Uh, Texas will be presented with some of the same problems that Oklahoma presented them with. And if they didn't prove that they could solve uh, those issues and problem solve at a really high level and fix those problems that Oklahoma presented to them, then I think they'll actually have the same problems versus U of H. Donovan Smith can scramble. They love the quarterback draw. Remember, the quarterback draw was Dylan Gabriel's uh, money play in hmm. the, as a, a quarterback design running game with Oklahoma. I think he had five of them for almost 60 yards. Donovan Smith, they do run the quarterback draw, and they run it in the red zone. So they'll have the quarterback run game. Texas remembers him from his time at Tech when he was really uh, instrumental in those fourth-down conversions. He was kind of their short yardage weapon because he's huge, and he's a powerful quarterback. And he'll scramble, but they'll use him in short yardage situations too. So you gotta have that figured out if you're Texas. Uh they'll run up tempo. They're I believe 35th in the country in plays per minute. Oklahoma was in the top 15. So the Deer and shoot, they run at a kind of rapid <laughs> right uh pace. But this is still an up-tempo offense. And if I'm Danner Hogerson watching the Oklahoma film, I'm probably gonna click it. I'm gonna Turn it up a little bit. I'm going to turn up the heat in the up tempo just a little bit because Texas didn't deal with it really well. It neutralized the pass rush. It also seemed like it wore out the defensive front a little bit. Jalen Ford had his worst game. I would try to replicate that if I was you of age. Um, we talked about the wide receivers. They'll also with their wide receiving core. They'll run a lot of bunch formations, clustered, condensed, compressed sets. Um, that could be a problem for Texas. They've had trouble defending uh, targets two bunch formations, targets to players out of bunch formation, which are clusters of receivers. Could be tight ends, could be wide receivers, twins, trips, quads, doesn't matter when when quarterbacks have targeted players out of bunch formations, they've gotten huge chunks of yardage versus the Texas defense, and U of H does that as well. So my, my, my point is that U of H will look at the Oklahoma film, and they will try to replicate as much as they can what Oklahoma did offensively. And Texas will have to solve the same problems they did, not at the elite level that Oklahoma executed, but still the same similar issues.
1: And Houston might actually have better receivers than Oklahoma. Come on, now speak yeah. on it. I mean, the, the 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 skill guys for OU were not that dangerous. Wait till they get some of those guys in the mix.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, somebody mentioned uh, the punter Sandborn as a possible Big Twelve candidate. Although I don't know if he's punted that much, he's uh, our offense has uh, kind of been, uh, you know, pretty good where he hasn't been used that much. But yeah, Sandborn's been money for sure. Okay. Uh, let's wrap this up here pretty soon, hey, Rod. What what did we need to accomplish over the bye week? What do you what do you think was oh. the thing that Coach Sarkeesian needed to get done this week?
2: Uh, what Sark told us. Uh, that's what I love about Sark's. You know uh, media availabilities. He's so honest and genuine. Uh, so he's actually he is yeah he's actually a forthcoming kind of genuine guy. He really is. I mean, he sometimes I think to a fault. He's up there just giving you clues and giving you all this information. I'm like, Coach, hold some of that stuff back, man. Uh, your opponent could be watching that. But he's great. He's he's he actually better. I, I enjoy watching his media availability more than Max, Charlie's, or Tom Herman's. Hey. He got that dog in he him. He was
1: listening. Hey, Rod, <laughs> you got that dog in you. You got that dog in you. <laughs> <him. laughs> you got that dog. <laughs> well, he's a good boy. He though. was just telling me, Rod, he was agreeing with what you were saying. He's like, hey, Rod's making a good point.
2: <laughs> Let me come up and hear that for real. Uh, but, no, I know we're getting closer. But Sark mentioned it, right? Sark said offense, red zone. And he's not concerned about it, and neither am I'm not concerned about it. They got too much talent not to figure it out. I think he may have hinted in that media availability, that Savion Red may get some more opportunities in the red zone. Shout out to my man Jerry Hamilton, who thought that'd be a good idea even before the season started. Even a traditional running back role, not necessarily the red cat. Also, uh, he uh, Sark was asked a great question in the media availability about stealing plays, and he admitted that yeah, he steals plays. He steals them all the time. He's always, they all do. They all do. Right. All great. If you're a good coach, you're stealing plays. I I bet, and because Sark's a smart guy. I bet he's probably in the bye week looked at the best red zone offenses in NFL in college and probably just started stealing plays and concepts and inspirations. I put I bet you're going to see some new, very creative concepts in the red zone, and I think it's because Sark probably was inspired by some of his film study of other teams. I'm just throwing it out there, too. I didn't know that for a fact. It's just one of my theories. Um, So we know red zone offensively. Defensively, he said he wants to see the ball on the ground Forced fumbles. He mentioned that specifically. He mentioned missed tackles and forced fumbles on defense. And I think that's going to be something that Texas emphasizes. And think about the missed tackles, too. Most of those actually came on the last drive at the end of the first half, last drive at the end of the second half. I would like Texas, and I'm sure they worked on it, to work on their two-minute defense. Think about it, guys. That, their two-minute defense in Oklahoma game in the last two minutes of the half were their worst defensive drives arguably of the game. And both, that,
1: both times.
2: Both times. Coverage breakdowns, missed tackles, penalties. They just fell to pieces during those situations. That's a crisis situation. You want to be at your best? If I'm PK, I'm working on that, man. We got to stress that. Because if I'm in the opposing team, I'm trying to replicate that during the game. Hell, let's just put Texas on their heels and see if we can freak them out enough. Uh, So we know Texas working on right our defensively. And, and special teams-wise, he said he wants to – Get after them and block more kicks. Um, that's something he says they wants to do too that they probably emphasized and worked on in the bye week. So uh Sarg already mentioned some of the stuff that they want to work on. Hopefully, that'll get some of that figured out versus U of H. Yeah,
0: I'll
1: finish this one off, Ray, with I got one more take on on what they what the bye week did. Got healthy. Amen. They were bumped and bruised and dinged up, and it's more people than you see on a injury report. The bye week came at the right time. I even tweeted it during the OU game. There were a handful of guys that really needed that week of not popping pads. They needed that week of treatment. They needed that week of recovery. And I think the bye came at a great time. Obviously, the midpoint of the season, you kind of get to reassess where you're at. Like Rod said, find some stuff on the red zone that you see that's being successful. Find some things on defense that you want to work on. But ultimately, I think they needed to mentally – recharge i think yeah. they needed to recover and there were there was i'm telling you there was a handful of guys on this roster that are hurt that are playing hurt and this yeah. bye week gave them a chance to get a little bit healthy
0: i like that it's good stuff great perspectives gentlemen we really appreciate it and that's going to be a wrap for this edition of the longhorn live stream this is tuesday night this is your usual wednesday night crew uh rod and i'll be back tomorrow night perhaps we'll get to, uh, oh. another partner there to Help us out. But we really appreciate you joining us. This is the way we usually do it on Wednesday nights. We're a little bit looser than than maybe some of the crews. You know, we just had a little fun with it there. We love having the uh, comments from the folks uh, over there in the comments section. You guys are uh, awesome. We really appreciate uh, you participating. Todd Lacey, thanks to you. We appreciate it. And Tommy gave us some hook'ems, as does uh, Football Texas. Uh, We're we're very uh, grateful for that. Daniel Kinnaman, thanks for your super chats. Texas Toast says, facts. Uh, we got some uh, (laughs) good folks here who uh, are joining us here. Again, that's the Tuesday night Longhorn live stream. I'm Ray along with Justin and Rod. Uh, Rod and I will be back tomorrow night. Coffee and football will be tomorrow morning with uh, Bobby and uh, Blake and probably Jerry uh, handling that stuff. And so we'll always keep you informed on Longhorn football here on On Texas Football. Thanks, everybody. Hook them. We'll see you tomorrow night. Hook
2: them.